right. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Good. Hey, I am, I am excited also about next week with our one service, 10 at 10 a.m. on the 10th. Is that right? How many 10s is there? Uh, but we're, and I, could, I think we can kind of feel it in this service. There, actually, last service was pretty full. I'm like, gosh, do we need, do we need to go to one service on this end? But I think we kind of sense it in this service that we, like, you know, I think it'd be good to have a, a, a few more people to, you know, at least bump, bump elbows, I guess, as, as we're doing. So we're just, we're kind of just taking season after season. But I think the Lord is just bringing us together uh, physically as well as even just spiritually as we come together. So um, if you're, if you come here to the 11, you're going to be so late. Okay. So next week. So I think that's the, it's easy to come early, right? But it's the late one. We had a few people come at 10 this morning and they were late and uh, to the nine. So it's, it happens, but hopefully kind of get that pattern here in this fall to be a part. And if you're wondering why, if you're in the room here and it's a lot brighter, well, it, it kind of does kind of tie in with our theme we're going to be getting into called Light the Way. But we had a wonderful group of people. They were doing cleaning yesterday and actually kind of weatherproofing our building. We are going to be in this building another winter. And you'll get to hear a little bit more in our family gathering, a little bit more where the update of our new building is. And so preparing for that, we had a wonderful team yesterday. And so they're still working on some window treatments and things. But but yeah, we have some sunlight coming in today. And it does kind of tie in with our theme that we're going to be doing here in this this fall called Light the Way. Or I'm sorry, what is it called? Living... Living in the light, light the way. That's a different title, but living in the light. I think my own title of the message, right? So we're going to be doing this series in the book of John. And I love all of the Bible. Don't get me wrong. I love every aspect of the Bible. I love the different things we've talked about over this last year. But when it comes to the Gospels, and even specifically the book of John, I really get into it and because it, it just, it's, it's the life of Jesus. It's the words of Jesus. And there's just, you can't go wrong with that. And so hopefully I don't mess it up, you know, as we get into this thing. But I, I'm excited not only as that we're going to be doing this on our Sunday morning gathering, but also what we're going to be doing throughout the week together. And we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But Living in the Light is the title, and it, it kind of fits, it's suited to the fact that here we are moving into the winter season, we're in the fall and winter, and the days are going to get shorter, and it's going to be darker. And as much as we love the sunshine, we know I'm living in the Pacific Northwest, we never want to take it for granted, because there is going to be some dark days Physically, And I know the, hum, the, the humdrums of that doesn't mean we have to be in the darkness spiritually. We're hoping as we're in the darker days physically, we actually can really brighten our way when it comes to living in the light of Christ. And that's what we'll be uh, talking about here together. Now, we can take for granted light, right? How many of you had your, your power went out a few days ago? Some of us, lot, you know, and all of a sudden in the middle of the night, you're clock is flashing some weird time and you're like what happened you know and especially it was a rude awakening when I got up in the morning and I went over and, and the my pre-programmed coffee pot wasn't there was no coffee and I was like the world is ending like this is it and I had to wait like I don't know like seven minutes or something for this coffee to to be brewed you know oh man but we, we know the inconveniences when it comes to losing power, but across the world, I mean, people still this day, they're very limited in electricity. I remember several years ago, it's actually now 10 years ago, had the opportunity to go on a mission trip with our church to Helene, Honduras. It was just a little 
tiny island off the coast of Honduras, and it was in the middle of really paradise, in the middle of the Caribbean, okay? They, they, they filmed some of the pirates of the Caribbean off of another island called Roatan, if you ever visit there, kind of a tourist island. So you actually had to take a, a, a plane to Roatan, and then I had to get into a, a it felt like a rowboat, and it was a three-hour tour on this boat to what felt like Gilligan's Island. There was no cars on the island. They had little, you know, mopeds, motorcycles. They had, they had, you know, bikes. That was basically what they had as transportation. And they were limited in electricity. They, they ran on generators. And so they only ran them, you know, certain times in the evening when, for some lights and maybe some cooking and that. And that was it. And so when our team was there at dark, we were kind of moving from one little village to the other in the, in the, in, you know, in the evening. We, we carried flashlights along the way because we couldn't see where we were going. It was dark. If you've been in places where there's no street lights, there's nothing. It's dark as dark. And as we're walking up this hill, all of a sudden I, I, I felt this breeze it was, and this noise. It was like whoosh. This kind of went by me. And it was like what was that? Then another one on there said, whoosh. And we're like, what is going on? What is happening? Like, is, is that, are those wild animals? Or what is, what is happening? And they go, oh no, those are just kids on bikes. And, and, and what we're going up the hill is they were coming down the hill full speed. And I'm like, they could hit us. And I'm like, no, they see you very easily right there. But like, how do they, okay, you see the hand in front of my face. They're like, they can see in the dark. They, they're, they're accustomed to it. Of course, in our society, you know, even when it's dark outside, we have street lights and other kinds of lights around. They're used to being in the dark. And as physically that was true for them, it was also true for them in just spiritually. It was kind of a spiritually dark place. It was so ironic. You go to this beautiful paradise of a place. But when you look around, you, you saw like the beach was littered with all kinds of garbage. They, the people never really picked up off themselves. I remember some of the ladies on our team would go and they're just kind of picking up garbage along the path. And people are like, what are you doing? Like they're just throwing, they just throw wrappers and they didn't even care about their surroundings. They, they would try to grow food on the island. People had you know, little gardens and come to find out they, people would steal from, you know, you're growing some kind of crop and people would steal from them. But what we really found out even behind it all was there was a, you know, this island was, you know, it was a, it was a slave trade island back in the, the British, when the British Empire was, and it was, it was, they, they grew sugar cane. So it was a slave island. So it had that, that tradition, or it had that dark history in a sense of, of being that. But what we found was where there were really slaves are was the, the, to the drug trade of that day. The, 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 what we call it, the mayor of the island, he would be up on a, on a hill and he look over, he's sitting in a lawn chair and he had a, a cell phone and binoculars and he was watching all the drug boats go by because he's patrolling what was going on as drugs are coming in and out and it, basically a trade route to, to smuggle drugs or push drugs through the, the country. It was a very dark, dark place. And yet, there was some glimmer of hope, the light, the light of Jesus that was there. But the people, you could feel the darkness in this beautiful sunny island during the day, but this darkness spiritually is, it, is there. And maybe you feel like there's been times in your life where maybe you would even think, like right now, it just seems like dark times. And I, I get that a little bit. It seems like, are, are we going in darker, darker days? Not only are we going physically into a darker winter that we'll experience as we do every year, but you almost get that sense that for some people going, are we getting into the darker days? And I, I don't know if that's true or not. I think ultimately as we look out and see the, 
the path, you know, the, the plan God has, there will be dark days in the, in the Bible says of the end times. And, and people say, are we in the end times? Well, we're, we get closer each day to the end times. Does it speed up at times? It kind of feels like that at least the last couple of years. But realize that we've lived through dark times in history. There was a period, I think, was it called the dark ages or something? So, I mean, there's, there's times of dark times. And there are also, biblically, there was some dark times. In between the Old Testament and New Testament, about 400 years, there's a period of time where it was dark, where there was no prophecies, no prophets. It was a very dark time in Israel's history and, and, and just, in, and just in the world. And, and yet, God raised up, prior to that, prophets who would speak into the future. Prophets like Isaiah is saying there is going to be a great light and comes. In fact, Isaiah 9 says this, that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Of those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And it's interesting how Isaiah writes in the past, but it really hasn't even happened yet. But it has happened for us. Can I tell you, and we can proclaim today that the great light has come. It has already come. We live in a time, if we think it's a dark time in history, it was very dark before a dawn that was coming. And that's what John talks about. When we get in the book of John, what we find, it's almost like at the crack of dawn, this light shines. And John opens with these words. This is the opening words of, a, of the gospel that we're going to be looking at here for the next few weeks. John 1.1 1, 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the, in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. What I love about the book of John, as I already mentioned, I, I just love the Gospels, but I, I love John because it is a little bit different than the other Gospels, the Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They're called the synoptic Gospels, meaning, meaning that they're, they're, they're the same. They're written kind of maybe in the same period, and the, the source that each of those writers had were very common. They actually shared sources together from eyewitnesses to put their Gospels together. And it was written also, what, what makes them same is they're written to a similar audience, a Jewish, a Hebrew audience. John, though, wrote a little bit later his Gospel and had different sources of eyewitness and him being one of them already as an eyewitness of what he saw. But he wrote also later on into the church to the, the Greek and Hellenistic culture. And so what that meant is when you read through John, John doesn't really refer to any much in the, New, the, the Old Testament of, of Jewish customs. He actually has a lot of metaphors. In, in fact, Chris did a great job sharing that, that video intro to our series of the different metaphors of Jesus being the bread of life and, you know, the vine and you had all, you know, the shepherd and you saw those metaphors. John, as we look at that, we're going to be looking at each of those. He wrote in such a way because those spoke to the culture of the people of that day because they actually attribute not only to metaphors, but they, they, they would look to little gods, the god of the God of, you know, earth and the God of the moon and the God of light even. And so when we look at this huge metaphor that of light in John, they thought that way. And we talk about this great light that, that Jesus, as we're going to look at, is the light of the world. That meant a lot to what John was saying that we're going to be, that we're going to be looking at here uh, this morning here in the next few weeks. And so it's almost like John writes, it's like a, a preamble. 
It's like this, this beginning, kind of setting us up to what this gospel is. And he starts with, in the beginning was the, the word. And that word for word actually is a Greek word meaning it's logos or logos. And it, it, what it means is, is that the, that word is, is not just like what you read, uh, you know, in, in literature, in a book, or even in the Bible. It actually means living, breathing. Like it's personified the word, like it's a force. And, and that really speaks of how God created creation. In the beginning was the word, and what did that word do? That word was spoken, the living word. And in Genesis, it starts out that God said, let there be light, and there was light. God created with his word. That's the same picture, that's the same reality how he created everything. And that Jesus, as we're going to look, is the word, is, it was all part of creation. You can read multiple places where we talk about that Jesus was, at the very beginning, we, in fact, we sang that song here today, that he, he was at the beginning of everything. And, and I love the, the imaging of that when God spoke the word, it, it, was, it continued on. In fact, they, they found several years ago, if you look at science in the Hubble telescope, discovered this, they discovered and proved that the universe is expanding. It's not, it's not, it's dynamic, it's continuing to grow. And what's happening is creation is still going on. And it's such a powerful thing to see. And the word of God, the Logos word, when God spoke, let there be light, it was like drop, dropping a pebble in a pond and it reverberated and it, it, it rippled out. Let there be light, let there be light, let there be light. And that's what they found is these, this, the Hubble telescopes, it's expanding like there's still a life force that's pushing out in the universe. What is it? God's word still is speaking, even in creation today. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that powerful to know that? That's what this word is. Let there be light and there was light. And that's, that happened where at the beginning, but by him, Jesus, for all things were made now and to come. This embodiment of this living knowledge of God that continues its living and breathing in, in, in Christ. And then John goes on and says, in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. In him was life life. I don't know how you've experienced life lately. Maybe this summer where you've gone on a, a hike and you looked over a, a mountain. If you go up to Mount Baker right now, I, I want to go up there on a clear day and just the beauty of the foliage and the colors are just, people are posting that stuff going, wow, it's so amazing up there. Maybe you went around a campsite this summer and you, you were in nature and with friends and you just felt this moment you were together that was so awesome. Maybe you had an opportunity or you, you're, you're dreaming of the opportunity in the cold weather to go to a warm place that's tropical and there's white sandy beaches and there's a palm tree and you're just, and the waves are crashing and you're drinking your fruity drink, whatever else is in it, that's, that's up to you, what's in that. And you're just sitting here holding it and you're saying it to your significant other and going, this is the life. Well, can I tell you when, to me it actually sounds like a beer commercial is what you're, what you're referring to. That isn't the life. It feels like that's the life. But what does John say? In him was life. 
In him is where true life is. True, fulfilling, everlasting life is found in him. And I think that contrasts the fact that we at times, when we feel like we're living in the darkness, darkness is very depressing. Darkness is, is filled with doubt and confusion and, and fear can come over us in so many ways. And Jesus is saying, no, there is, there is light in me. John's saying this is that in Jesus, there's light in him that gives life. That light in him gives life. And, and, and so I want to give you kind of the, the thought for us is this for our whole series. That living in the light leads to life. It's very simple. Living in the light leads to life. It's a life that we choose by living in it. By stepping into that, that light. That he is the light of the world. Even the darkest times. So what I want to set us up here is really for these next few weeks. It's John's preamble that he gives us some thoughts a help us of living in the light to prepare for the season we're entering in together. And then the darker the days do not have to be dark for us. When it's raining and it's dark at four o'clock, there will be a day that'll happen. And like, oh, we get the shortest day of the year. Guess what? In the dark, rainy days, we can have the light of Christ in us. And so here's some thoughts of living in the light. First, to know this, the light that's in us always overtakes the darkness around us. Here's a truth. The light in us always overtakes the darkness around us. I'm not a scientist, but I have Google, as you do too. And what we can find, if you look it up, the difference between light and dark. We sometimes feel like, like you read in literature, like the darkness overtake, overtook, you know, the feeling as it's darkness surrounded a circumstance or whatever. Guess what? Dark physically does not, is not a force. Darkness is simply the void of light. When something is dark, that means there's no light. That's pretty powerful to think about spiritually for us, even. Even though it does feel like there's a force, and yes, there's a force. There's, a, there's darkness that surrounds it. And I'm saying there is spiritual forces. I know the Bible does talk about that. But just think about light itself. Think about how light, you, you just strike a match in a, in a dark room or light a, like turn on a little flashlight or your cell phone and you're in your garage and you didn't turn the light on or in the basement and you just put up a little light and it lights up the whole room. They're saying if a light that, like a, like, a, like a little candle, a little flicker candle, you can see it a mile away if it's completely dark all over and there's no atmosphere that can affect the light clear, on a clear night, you can see that candle a mile away. That's powerful. And that should tell us also spiritually, even though there is, it feels like this dark forces, and there is a reality of dark forces, an unseen world that pushes on us. Remember, just physically, that light is a force. Christ's light is that force. That light that come. And, I, and we need to, as we sang and proclaimed this morning, the beautiful name of Jesus, that Jesus is where the light comes on. And there's times when we're feeling in the dark and we're feeling surrounded. And we got to recognize the light that's in us cannot overtake or, or can overtake the darkness around us. The light in us. And so when we say the name or we shout the name of Jesus, that, that light, it can dissipate that darkness through Christ. We have that power as followers of Jesus in us. And at times it might feel like when we say the name of Jesus, like Lumen Field, or how about T-Mobile Park, Go Mariners, lighting up, it feels like everything gets lit up. Or at times that light is a little flicker of that we hold on to the hope that we have in and through Christ. It's powerful. It's powerful. 
Because how many know as Jesus followers, this light force we have, it, again, it's greater than any darkness in this unseen world and nothing can stop that light. And even in dark places, I mentioned in Helene, it felt so dark when I was there. And it was, again, it was so just con- uh, opposite of what you felt in this beautiful tropical, tropical place. But when I, when I mentioned, when it gets dark, it's dark. And I remember in a, in a, in a service where we have an evening time with the church that was there, beautiful people. And, but the, the church was no windows. And we were on a generator as they're doing the service and worship. And it, the generator died. And it was completely dark. And I tell you, the people there did not miss a beat. They did not miss a word in the songs they were singing. They kept going. They, they didn't need anything on a book, anything on an overhead or projector to continue to sing on. And then the lights came back on and we continued with them. And then I got up to preach and right at the beginning of the message, the, the generator went out again. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I cannot see the hand in front of my face. I can't see my Bible. I can't see any notes I had put together. And I just heard one of the, the people in the congregation, they go, preach it, pastor. And I had to preach in the dark. I couldn't see anybody. I couldn't see anything in front of me. And, 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 and afterwards, as, as, as afterwards, one of our team members comes up. It's like, you sound like a Pentecostal preacher. You were like, you get, can I get an amen? And can you, know, are you with me? And, I, and the reason I was saying those things, I was buying time to know what to say next <laughs> in my message. And Lord got me through it, but it told me so much that these people didn't miss a beat. They, they could do everything in the dark world they're in because they had the light of Jesus in them. They had the word of God, the living word of God in them. It spoke to us going, to all of us, do we have that? Do we have the Logos word of God in us that shines out of us? See, know this about the light. The light from us is only a reflection of light given to us. The light from us is only a reflection of light given to us. We're not the source of that light. Just like our sun, as we look out in a, a really nice day, fall day, we have the, the brightness that's outside. That isn't, that's a reflection of this big burning star that one day will burn out that we have called the sun. I got to be reminded that, that as our, our source of light, this is, we're centered toward that light, the S-E-U-N sun, the S-O-N sun, Christ is the center of this spiritual light that we have. We, we reflect that light. We're not the center of that light. Anytime you think you are, you miss it completely. And it, John reminds us of what it matters. And it's so interesting when you read this preamble, what John has, it's that he doesn't mention the name of Jesus. As much as it's powerful, the name of Jesus, you read through the first 18 verses, it's really remarkable. He talks about Jesus and he is the word and he is the light and the light of life. But he does mention another name. It says there was a man sent from John whose name was, I'm sorry, the man, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to testify concerning that light. So through him all might believe. He himself was not in the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone who, who's coming in the world. Now, John is not talking about himself. He's talking about John the Baptist. And John was a unique individual. We, we would say John was, we, we would call him outdoorsy, okay? John, if you're reading the other gospels, I mean, he, he they, you know, I don't know, you know, there was no like, you know, sporting goods or cabelos around. I mean, this guy wore like fur, okay? But he, he killed the animal and, I don't know, made it, made a, made a coat out of it. John, John wore, John was one of these, wore animal skins. He had the paleo diet. 
He had, had locusts and honey. I mean, he was just a man's kind of man. But he attracted people. And people thought John must be the guy. John must be the Christ. He must be the one that we're hoping for. And John's going, no, I am here to prepare the way. In fact, at the end of John, he says this, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight path the way of the Lord. John paved the way. Now, he was John the Baptist, so he, he baptized people. But he said, I'm preparing you. I am helping prepare the way for the Lord to come into your life. And, he, and John would say is that about, you know, I, he's, he's, I'm not worthy of you to tie his sandals. I, I am not the one. He is the one. I am pointing you to the way. And, and John modeled what we are called to do as well. We are not the light. We are a reflection of that light. Let me ask this question for us, though, of, of that. Are you reflecting or detracting people from really knowing Jesus? Are you reflecting or detracting people of this light of Christ in you? I think there's a lot of people nowadays that are reflecting a lot of other things rather than Jesus that claim they be Christians. Uh, we've seen it all over, and on this last, you know, year and a half or so, and I'm going, wow, where is this coming from? I am blown away that people, the, the statements and the stances are people that are making that I just don't see how they're reflecting of Christ at all, but claim to be Christians. And it's sad. It's sad to see that because I see people pushing, being pushed away, detracting away from Christ rather than the reflection who Jesus, his character, his ways that are there. So take some time, evaluate the things that you say, the things that you post, the things that you like and agree with. Is this helping people move toward Christ and who he really is? Or is this just a statement that pushes people away? My old pastor used to say, we're either a stepping stone or a stumbling block. And so we have to choose. What are we going to be? Are we helping people in the pathway toward Christ or they're having to stumble over us. They're having to get around. They're, they're actually trying to find Jesus in spite of us. How sad that is. And so we need to let that light shine in the path and lead them there. But as much as we can be a reflection of Christ's light, we need to know this. The light can be ignored, but it's available for everyone. The light, it can be ignored, but it is available for everyone. I think there's times we've heard people say to you, or maybe you even said to yourself, if, if God is really real, why doesn't he make himself more obvious? Why doesn't he just take out an ad campaign? Why doesn't he have a big billboard? Why is this just a jumbotron in the sky? You wonder about that? You're thinking, why, why didn't God just do it that way? Well, what we need to realize is that God has already made himself obvious. He did it in the greatest way he could ever do it. And that is becoming one of us. Come on, even if, even if there was a big jumble thing in the sky, even though there's Jesus.com and it really was Jesus' website, would it be enough? There would still be a lot of conspiracy. There would still be a lot of questioning on it. But God knew what really needed to happen, that he'd been incarnate. But not everybody was for it. In fact, John puts it this way. He says, he was in the world, though the world was made through him. 
The world did not recognize him. And it's hard for us to believe that, that when Jesus was walking the earth and all the miracles he did and all the things he, he, he the, the healing of people and all these incredible things he said, people are going, no, oh, I don't think so. It's hard for us to imagine that. And yet, we need to recognize that the Spirit of God through Christ is in this world through us, and yet still people are not convinced of it. John writes this, he says, he came to which his own, but his own did not receive him. This promised Messiah they were hoping would come, this, this hope and desire that Christ would, 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 would appear when actually he did, people going, no, we don't think that it's you. We don't think that's who, who you really are. That's what John is talking about. I, I, I remember uh, when we went to Helene, and, I, and the reason we went to Helene was not only that we could minister to the people on the island, but in a tangible way to help build, rebuild a clinic that burned down. And, and it burned down because of arson. They, it, it burned down on Christmas day of all days. And it was purposeful as much as they believe, and they, saw, they figured out the source of why it, was, it caught on fire. They stayed they were suspicious of who was behind it all. You know, I mentioned that drug lord. He, they believe, and that group of people were intimidated by the Christian clinic because they were reaching out to the young people of that island. They're, they're teaching them, they're providing school and biblical education. And many of those young people were coming to faith in Christ and they were turning away from that pathway toward the life of being a drug dealer. And that they believed the drug lord and people did not like that. They, didn't, they couldn't prove it. Nobody asked any questions about it. But that really what it was. And, and, and what we're saying is what John said, that they were experienced. These, these young people experienced this light. They were, they were stepping into this light. As John describes it this way, he says, All who, who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. There was a transformation in the life of these, these young people that was transforming the island, and yet there was a dark force and, that was pushing against it. There was this battle that was going on. Let me, let's make it very clear. If you're living in darkness, if you're hearing this person or you're watching online, and you feel like darkness is surrounding you, in fact, I, I would encourage you to look at the darkness within you. If there's a darkness in your heart, you need to ask the question, does, does Jesus live in you? This promise that John says is that you can be born again. And next week we'll talk a little bit more. One of the most unlikely people to experience what it means to have a new birth. We're going to look at next week. In fact, a couple different people. Unlikely that it would happen. But John's saying it's available to everyone. And this transformation, you believe in Christ, this light can come and, and transform you. And John's saying that it's available for all of us. And so allowing that, cracking open our heart, allowing that light of Christ to come in and, and transform us. And when we do, speaking of the, of the light, the living in the light is this, the light is, is fully embodied through grace and truth. Christ came fully embodied through this grace and truth. And I, I love how it says where John describes the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I love the picture of that, uh, that's the incarnation of Christ into this world, but in us. And one of the beautiful things when I was on that island in Helena, I was able to go around and visit with 
the different people through the pastor on that island named Pastor Jerry. And Jerry would take me around and we'd go all day, every day, and we visit the different people. He not only knew them by name, he knew their children's names. I mean, heck, he even knew the dog's name. I mean, he knew the, co the goat's name. He knew everything about them. He talked specifically and prayed with them. I never knew of a pastor at that level that he did that. It was a beautiful thing. And one day, I, I, you know, I, and I said goodbye to Jerry. I'm like, I probably will never see him on this earth again because if, unless I go back to this little island, but I know I'll see him in heaven. He modeled what we're called the model. And I love how John describes this as, you know, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And this is of Christ. We have seen his glory. And, and John's describing with, his, with other disciples, they were there. If, they, if, they, if there was like a court hearing and they had to testify that who's this Jesus, where were you and what you did. They're like, let me tell you all about him. He lived it out and experienced everything. This is the man who is God in the flesh. He goes on, the glory of the one son who came from the father, the one and only. Actually, this, this word monogenous means specific, unique. There's nothing else like Jesus and who he is. God's personal revelation of himself. And then John sets us up with this. really sets us up of, of living in the light here in the weeks that we'll be talking about. He describes Jesus as this, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh and dwell among us and we beheld his glory, full of grace and truth. The full of means that he was 100% filled with grace and 100% filled with grief, gr uh, truth. How, how can that happen? Well, Jesus can do that. But a lot of times we teeter-totter in grace and truth. Like, I found this is, is, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I want to give people the truth, but I sure want a lot of grace. <laughs> we do that with, with each other sometimes. And God's saying, no, no, you're, you want to fully embody both. And Jesus came that way. And when Jesus came full of grace and truth, it sometimes felt inconsistent in how he did that. As we read through the book of John, we'll find that even in the other gospels, it seems like at times that Jesus is not being very fair. Like he, he gives a ton of grace to this person over here and then he gives a ton of truth and tells them how it should be over here. And like, how can both happen? Jesus did both and it was messy at times. I tell you this, that, that grace plus truth equals love. And love is messy. And it, it's not always exactly how we see it and how we want it at times. But that's how Jesus rolled. That's how Jesus calls us a living in the light as we enter in the light. We are called to do that together. And I want to invite Josh to come as we do this because as we move in living in the light, this is not going to be a soul act. This is something that we're invited into to come in the light, but we do this together, not just in the time to gather here on Sunday mornings, but something that we can do throughout the, the season. You want to tell us what we're entering in here today? Yeah, definitely. So we are entering in a season of uh, gathering, which you all are doing. So great job so far. Uh, gathering groups and guides and the way that we're doing that is uh, like I said earlier that we are really trying to push people into groups but specifically we are using this living in the light growth growth guide that we've created uh, and, and we've adapted and, and we're utilizing it uh, to walk us through this 10-week series of our living in the light series where we're going through the book of John and this is going to be a thing we're in this there's actually 10 sessions obviously one going with each week uh, and, and it's starting this week. And the way that we're empowering you to take advantage of this is in each session, there is scripture for you to read through on your own uh, and to go through with the Lord uh, all throughout the week. There's also a practice for you to do on your own all throughout the week. And that practice might be a prayer practice, 
Um, you might take communion. It might be just practicing, like, not looking at your phone as much. Like, very basic, simple things to help us connect with God on a daily basis. And then there's also weekly group discussion questions. And so those are questions that our small groups are going to be going through. Um, but then we also empower you to, if you're not in a small group, just grab a group of people and, and, and say, hey, we're going to meet this week and we're going to do this together. And we're just going to go through these questions. You don't have to have a leader or anything. It could be very casual and very just uh, get this together because this will guide you through. Uh, the questions that you're going to go through. And, and, and really the goal uh, of doing community with people is to, one, encourage each other as we're doing our daily reading, as we're doing our daily practices, to, to give accountability and, and to follow Jesus together. And so that's kind of the season we're entering into of, of groups and guides and, and gatherings. And so uh, there are these guides all on the back circle tables. So be sure to grab one of those before you leave this morning. Uh, and, and if you have questions about it, we'd love to answer any of those as well. But uh, yeah, really take advantage of this. I think this is going to help us really uh, stay grounded and united uh, as we follow Jesus together. That's great, Josh. Sam, thanks for organizing that. And, and both you and Chris, thanks for putting that booklet together. It's a beautiful booklet. And again, we'll have that stuff online. You go Living in the Light, CTK North Bay, Living in the Light, and you're going to see that available for us. And in a moment here, I, I really appreciate... Uh, Brian, Chris's dad, uh, I just love, thank you for, thank you for being here, sir, and thank you for, well, you didn't give birth to Chris, but you helped with it in the process. We're thankful for Chris, and we thank you for Chris as a gift to us, and, and lead us here in a moment this morning. Uh, before we go to prayer, I just want to, I want to read this. My wife, uh, we do this devotional called Jesus Always, and just came across right when we were kind of thinking about this whole season that we're moving into, I think it sums it up. It sums up really where we're entering in and this invitation. And so kind of picture this, in a sense, the Lord speaking to you in this way as we go to prayer and we enter the season that God's leading us into as a church. This sense the Lord, his words this way, as the world grows increasingly dark, remember that you are the light of the world. Don't waste energy lamenting bad things over which you have no control. Pray about these matters, but refuse to let them haunt your thoughts. Instead, focus your energies on doing what you can to brighten the place where I've put you. Use your time your talents, and your resources to push back the darkness, to shine my light in the world. I am the true light that shines on the darkness, even in the most terrible conditions. Your light originates with me and reflects from me. I've called you to reflect my glory. You do this more effectively by becoming more and more fully the one I've designed you to be. Spend ample time seeking my face, beloved. Focus on my presence and my word. Help me to, uh, help, my word helps you to grow in grace and discern my will. Your time spent with me nourishes your soul, provides comfort and encouragement. Thus, I strengthen you and enable you to be the source of strength for others. Will you pray with me? Lord, I am so grateful that we've come to this place and to begin this journey together.
in this season that we're entering in. This invitation to live in the light of you. We're invited into this light. We're invited to step in to this season together. Jesus, you are the light of the world. And and that light, that great light has already come. That great light came and you're brightening up the world, brightening up the world as you lived on this earth and dwelt in the flesh. That light came even in the the most darkest day. And when you died on the cross, the, 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 the sky became dark as night. And it was a dreadful day of darkness in which you died. But three days later, there was a crack of dawn. And that third day in that early morning, you rose from the dead and light shined through that tomb to be the light of the world that was proven to us. And now, Lord, you called us to be a reflection of that light. And I pray for every person here and those who are watching online, wherever they are and whatever they're doing, this moment right now where they would crack open their heart and let your light shine in them into the dark places, the places where where hurt is, the places where sin abounds and the mistakes that they've made, they can ask for your light to cleanse them, to forgive them. They can ask the light where there's hurt to take away that pain and to shine in their life. Lord, may your light help us examine our own hearts to be able to walk in greater Christ-likeness as you shine that light. And that light through us transforms us in us and through us to the people around us. They would see you this fall. They would see you in the lives. They would, we, they would see you as we gather with them in a group. They would see you in the work that we're doing through you. They would see you in the serving that we do and the love that we give. And Lord, sometimes it's messy where we're, we're speaking your truth. And we're giving grace. We're extending your, your, your hand and your care to the people around us. But that's the light that they see. Not us, but they see you. Help us to live in that light. Thank you, Lord, that we don't earn it. Thank you, Lord, that we don't conjure it up. Thank you, Lord, there's nothing you have to do except step in it and to live in it and choose each and every day. So thank you for this season we're entering in. God, may you just guide us, bless us uh, for, to, so that, Lord, our lives will be transformed, that we can truly bless our community and light the way as we enter these dark days ahead. They do not have to be dark. They are filled with your love and your light in us and through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to 